0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Answers for Life with Pastor Shelley. I'm your host, Noah Wagner. I'm here with Pastor Shelley once again. We are glad to be back and glad to, to tackle a, a topic that I think is near and dear to, to a lot of us that are, that are listening, that, that listen to this podcast. Often we feel helpless, uh, especially when we're looking at and, and thinking about and praying about family members or friends that we have um, that are not followers of Christ. That's right. They're lost. Um, they're far from God, uh, and and we we feel helpless in those situations, and so we we don't know what to do. Um, even if it's even if we have a burden for for people that are near us, we have a we should have a burden for people that are far. I mean, the nations. There are so many people that that are far away from God, and we would all agree that in the kingdom idea, the the Christians' focus should be prayer. But how does prayer and praying for a lost person, how do those correlate? What is accomplished when we pray for the lost?
1: Noah, that's a great question. We, you're right. We do feel helpless at times with our uh, loved ones and people we care about when, we, when they're lost and they're not following Christ, they're, when they're unbelievers, out there that uh, we want them to be saved. We wish we could grab them and pull them across the finish line, right. but you can't do that. It has to be their decision. And because of that, the closer we are to them, the more we hurt for them to find Christ. So good question. What is accomplished when we pray for the lost? James five sixteen says, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We can say the prayer of a righteous woman Mm -hmm. availeth much. So we know that prayer, the Scripture tells us that prayer works. Oh, yeah. And I think prayer not only works, I think prayer is the sharpest knife, the best tool we have to win the lost.
0: Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, You know, we, we always think, we need to to pray, but we don't really know how prayer and and those things go together. We're not going to get into some the deep theological understanding of what prayer is. We might tackle that another day. But when we pray for the lost, what is accomplished? What what are we looking at? What is God doing uh, when we pray for lost people?
1: Well, I'm going to share four things that I believe happens when we pray for the lost. Now, there could be more, and mm-hmm. Our listeners, feel free to email us or re- reach out to us, and if, if you think of another, um, another way or other ways. But th- there's four things I want to talk about today that I believe happen when we pray for the lost. Number one, our hearts line up with God's heart for the lost. In other words, we know that God wants lost people saved. He died on the cross to show how much he loves all of us. Our hearts, when we pray, line up with God's heart for lost people. And we, when we get in line and tuned with him, he says in his word very clearly that when we ask according to his will, he hears us and we have the things we ask for. We know that when we're praying for the lost people, we are praying according to His will.
0: Yeah, it says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, this is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. God's desire is for people to get saved, to love Him, to follow Him. And so one of the ways that that God accomplishes that is when we pray for lost people, our hearts align with His desires. And and. This is this isn't about the lost person. We're not even mm-hmm. to that yet what yeah. what God does in their life. This is what God does in our lives when we're praying for people who are far from God.
1: Absolutely. If you're praying for a new car or something like that, that might not be in line with God's right. will. But we know that when we're praying for the lost that we are in line with God's will. That's
0: exactly right.
1: Yes. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 28, he said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. All that begins with prayer. That's right. Yes.
0: We've been commanded by God to go and make disciples. um, But that is not something that we can accomplish outside of God and what He does. And and He aligns our hearts to follow Him, to, to line up with His desires. Um, and, and we have examples in Scripture of what that looks like as well. And Paul says in Romans chapter 10, Brothers, my desire and prayer to God is for Israelites. He was talking specifically about the Israelites, but these are lost people. My desire and, and prayer to God is for them that they may be saved. And, yes and and i guarantee i mean it says right here he was praying that that would happen and then he did that with his actions as he he went and and shared the gospel that's right it 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 led to action in his life as well
1: absolutely there's no doubt that paul's heart and god's heart were one when it came to the gospel and the lost
0: that's right in acts chapter 4 29 through 31, we we see the story of the the apostles, the disciples right after Jesus' ascension, right after Pentecost, the church is starting, and they're now praying. It says in verse 29, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Mm
1: -hmm. Stretch
0: out your hand to heal and perform miracles, signs, and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And after they prayed... They, wow. The place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the Word of God boldly.
1: There you go. And it, all that happened after they prayed. They
0: prayed, and then God moved in their lives, reoriented their hearts and their desires to follow after what God had desired, and the Holy Spirit filled them, and they did exactly that. They spoke boldly the Word of God.
1: The That leads us right into the second thing that happens, the second thing that is accomplished when we pray. I believe prayer releases the power of the Holy Spirit, which we just read that scripture It releases the power of the Holy Spirit in the life of the unbeliever. I I look at this way when I'm praying for a lost person, I believe the Holy Spirit falls on them and begins to speak to their heart. And we have scripture that speaks very clearly to what the Holy Spirit does when it, when, when it came to the earth, when Jesus left and the Holy Spirit came, there were some very clear words in John that tells us about the work of the Holy Spirit. Why don't you read that for us?
0: That's right. Jesus is talking to the disciples at this time, and he's talking about uh, the Holy Spirit. He says, the helper is coming. And then he says in verse 8 of John chapter 16, when he comes, when the helper, when the Holy Spirit comes... He will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment in regard to sin, because men do not believe in me in regard to righteousness, because I'm going to the father where you can see me no longer. And in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. So the Holy Spirit at that moment begins working in the life of these lost people, uh, convicting them of sin, uh, showing them what righteousness and unrighteousness is. Uh, demonstrating to them judgment that that could be coming because of their sinfulness. And the Holy Spirit is speaking that into the heart of an unbeliever at the moment that we are praying for their salvation.
1: We have the temptation sometimes, Noah, to debate unbelievers Mm. and try to win a debate so that they will come to our side and they'll throw in the towel, weigh the white white flag and say, Hey, you're right. Okay, now I'm going to become a Christian. It it doesn't work that way. The Holy Spirit has to do the heavy lifting. That's right. And the scripture is very clear that you just read that the power of the Holy, when we pray, we release the power of the Holy Spirit into the life of the unbeliever to do this work in their heart. Mm -hmm. It's not us with fancy words and debate skills to convince them to be saved. It has to be the Holy Spirit. That's right.
0: We don't save people. We can't, we can't save people um, we don't control people's hearts. We don't control people at all. You know, we just do the evangelism and scripture tells us that his word will not return void. God will will bless that. Um, that's the first one, right? He He orients our hearts for, towards his desire. Then we go and do it, but we can't save people. It says in Ephesians chapter two, for it's by grace you have been saved mm-hmm. and through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's not, a, it's not works, it's a gift of God, not by work so that no one can boast. If we could if we could work and save other people, we would do it. Paul says that in, in Romans, uh, I believe it's chapter nine, right you know, if I can if I could save these people, I would do it, but I can't. It's got to be the power of the Holy Spirit. So when we pray, the power of the Holy Spirit falls on that individual and and begins to orient their heart for the reception of the gospel. And, and shows them what is sin, what, is, what does it look like to be righteous, unrighteous, and what does judgment look like because of our sin, and that opens up their hearts to see what is coming, what is yes. the gospel.
1: And we, we have to be careful here. We st- They still need a verbal witness. Absolutely, absolutely. But we don't need to try to win a debate. That's a different thing, win mm-hmm. a debate, shoot down an argument, uh, win an argument. No, that's not what we're doing. We witnessed and testified to the power of Christ in our lives with them. And then we pray to release the Holy Spirit into their life so that the, so that the truth will be revealed to them. That's exactly right. Which brings us to our third thing. The third thing that happens when we pray for the lost, prayer attacks the power of darkness in the life of the unbeliever. And I'm telling you, every unbeliever, they're living in a dark world. Mm-hmm. They're surrounded by darkness, and they need help. They, they, need, they need something to break the chains of darkness in their life. And the Scripture is clear that our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against the spiritual darkness in this world.
0: That's exactly right. It says in Ephesians chapter six, ten through twelve. Finally, be strong in the Lord and His mighty fat power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take a stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood—exactly what you said—but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's a reality. Whether you want to believe it or not, yeah. spiritual warfare is a reality. Yeah, that's real and the devil has a, a hold on unbelievers, and they're living in darkness. And so when we pray, we're, we're asking and we're seeking, and, and God is, is being faithful to send the Holy Spirit to attack that spiritual darkness that they're living in so that they can get saved and, and, and follow, Christ. follow Christ and, and love Him.
1: Absolutely. And when you think about it, Noah, there's no other way to fight spiritual darkness. We can't go get a sword. We can't. There's nothing to do. The only way to fight spiritual darkness is through prayer.
0: That's exactly right.
1: Yes. All right. This is good. Good words. Good scriptures that you're sharing with us today. Here's number four. Here's the last one. Prayer opens the eyes of the spiritually blind. There are so many lost people, and the reason they're lost, they can't see Christ. Mm -hmm. They can't see the Scriptures. They don't believe the Bible's true. They do not believe that Jesus is true. I was reading this morning where Thomas said, I'm not going to believe unless I see his hands and his feet. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Jesus came into the room and revealed it to him. There are so many people that are spiritually blind and the only answer for their eyes to be open is prayer. That's right.
0: It says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, 25-26, those who oppose him, uh, he must gently instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance. He's talking about lost people. Will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. So that scripture is very clear that people who are far from God have been taken capture, their their, their, uh, their senses have been captured by the devil, and it's God who who gets them to the point where they can see the knowledge of the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's no digging that we can do outside of the Holy Spirit revealing to us the truth. And when we pray, God does that in a mighty way, and it, it allows the unbeliever to see uh, their eyes have been opened. They they were spiritually blind, and it allows them to be spiritually uh, to to gain spiritual sight, so that they can love Christ and experience His salvation.
1: The religious leaders, the problem is they were blind to who Jesus mm, was. Right. He was right in front of them, and they couldn't see Him. The deception was so bad from Satan. The darkness was so bad. They were blinded to the things of God, mm-hmm. and they never they never saw Him for who He is. And the only way we have people today, loved ones, that are spiritually blind to the things of God, mm-hmm. and the only way to attack that, through prayer.
0: That's right. And so in that scripture, we see God grants them the, the repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth. He, he opens their eyes to see. In John chapter 9, verse 39, Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see. In John chapter 15, 26, when the counselor the Holy Spirit comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. So you've got God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit all saying the same thing. It takes God revealing to the heart of an unbeliever their darkness, their, their sinfulness, and they're spiritually blind until God intervenes in that moment. And the Holy Spirit... Reveals to to them that testifies about Scripture about Jesus. Um, Jesus came so that the blind will see, and God works all of that uh, together so that the unbeliever can see what is going on, and that, that that they go from spiritual death to spiritual life because their spiritual eyes have been opened.
1: Noah Southern Baptists have a program called Who's Your One. Mm, I love it. And in that program, there's thirty scriptures for. 30 days in a month and you are asked to pick one person and pray those 30 scriptures over that one person over that month, over those 30 days. I have followed that program now for about a year and I have seen spiritual eyes open. I see, I've, I've seen the power of darkness go away in people's lives. And some of those people, they had no idea I was praying for them. Mm-hmm. They called me on the phone. They called me on the phone. They're they're not church members. They're unbelievers. And they've called me. They've asked for a prayer and I have seen some of them saved through that who's your one. I want to challenge our listeners mm-hmm. to pick one or two people, one or two people, and just devote that time to pray for them every day for God to, for the power of the Holy Spirit to fall on them, for the power of darkness uh, to be attacked in their lives, that their eyes, spiritual eyes will be open, that they can see and understand who Christ is. And all of a sudden you'll see your heart line up with God's heart for those, for those people. And then you will be able to testify with the Holy Spirit about who Jesus is. And the, you will see people saved through your commitment to praying for the lost.
0: That's exactly right. That, that is incredible. We'll link uh, the, the website to the Hoosier One, and it'll have all the, those scriptures that, that you've been praying through. I, I did that um, for some people that I've been praying through as well. And um, the ones I've been praying through, they haven't given their life to Christ, but I have seen their, their, their hearts are starting to shift because God is opening their eyes to see the gospel. And so we're, I'm going to keep praying for him, obviously, and, and, right. and pray that God will continue to work and then give me opportunity as well to, to be faithful in sharing the gospel in those situations right. uh, so that my heart aligns with his heart, that God will do these things in the lives of those people that, that we're all praying for, and, and that ultimately people will come to know Christ and give their lives to him and, and be saved.
1: I promise you, if you pray for the lost, the Holy Spirit's going to do their part Mm-hmm. that uh, we talked about today. And then also we have to do our part to be a light and a witness to them. And we will see people saved through praying and testifying uh, to lost people.
0: Exactly right. Yeah. And so we'll put that who's your one in there um, and, and would just challenge you to reiterate that same challenge that that you do that. You pray for people who are lost um, because this world is darkness. Uh, there's a lot of people who, who are far away from God that need us to pray for them because then God's going to work in their lives and transformation is going to take place. Their lives are going to be changed. Then they can go and do and replicate that and they can be praying for people. And then you've got a a world that's transformed with the gospel. And that's our desire. That's our hope uh, that people will come to know Christ. Well, Pastor Shelley, why don't you pray for us right now um, as we're going to close out.
1: Father, we just come before you, and Lord, as people listen to this podcast today, they're going to have somebody on their heart that is lost, that that needs Christ. Lord, I pray for that person right now. I just lift them up to you, Lord. I pray that you will line up our hearts with your heart. I pray the power of Holy Spirit over every person, every name out there that someone is uh, is worried about. about All those unbelievers of the listeners, we just lift up to you that the power of the Holy Spirit will fall on them right now. Lord, we pray that you will attack the power of darkness in these unbelievers' lives and that you will open their eyes, their spiritual eyes, that they're spiritually blind, Lord. Open their spiritual eyes that they may see you and they may see your word and believe, Lord. And God, I just ask you today to... Help us to be faithful, to testify to the cross, testify to the empty tomb, and testify to the risen Savior. Lord, I, that is my prayer today for every one of us, and we ask this in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you, Pastor Shelley. If you're listening now, uh, thank you guys for, for listening to us and, and staying with us. If you haven't left a review or subscribed to the podcast, do that. We do also ask that you share this with some people that you know that just helps get the word out a little bit more. We thank you guys for listening. And, and Pastor Shelley, we're going to do this more often. Uh, we, we were talking before uh, we started recording about how we want to get back in here more often. So now it's on the air. We have to do it. So uh, stay tuned. We're, we'll, we'll, we'll get some more stuff out to you. Thank you guys for listening. And remember, Jesus is the answer.